Welcome to another episode of the Society for Armenian Studies podcast series. I'm Vaha Pirumian, and I'm joined today by Dr. Rubina Pirumian, recipient of the first PhD awarded by the UCLA Naragatsi Chair of Armenian Studies in the Department of Near Eastern Languages and Cultures. Dr. Pirumian served as a lecturer of Armenian language and literature at UCLA, where she also served as associate researcher till 2016. She has published 16 books in English and Armenian, including textbooks for Haitat for high school students in Armenia and in the diaspora, teachers' guides, resources, and methodology of teaching the Armenian genocide in all grades. And her PhD thesis, later published as a book, was titled Literary Responses to Catastrophe, a Comparison of the Armenian and the Jewish Experience. This volume was then augmented with three additional books describing the experience of genocide survivor that, survivors that continue to live in Turkey, the metamorphosis of the post-genocide Armenian identity, and the responses of first and second generation survivors. She has also published a thematic study of the ARF-Bolshevik relationship during the First Republic of Armenia. Our conversation today will focus on her latest work entitled My Father, a Man of Courage and Perseverance, a Survivor of Stalin's Gulag. Welcome, Dr. Pirumian. Thank you. After all of your academic publications, what was the motivation for writing a book about your father's life and his experience in Stalin's Gulag? In 1941, during World War II, uh, the Soviet uh, army invaded Iran. Uh, although Iran had proclaimed its neutrality, uh, the Soviet army invaded and captured uh, most of the part, part of the uh, northern province of Azerbaijan and Tabriz also. Uh, and my father at that time was the representative of the ARF Central Committee. And in that capacity, he was negotiating with the Cheka, which had already been established in Tabriz and uh, uh, the representatives of the Soviet uh, army uh, for the sake of the safety of the Armenian population in Tabriz because they were in danger. Uh, they were facing uh, unruly attacks, events that uh, occurred uh, by the uh, Turks, the uh, local Turks and the Soviet soldiers. So the negotiations went on uh, a few years on and off uh, in a very uh, friendly atmosphere. But then in 1944, beginning of 1944, actually uh, uh, January 3, 1944, my uh, father was kidnapped. They had pushed him while passing through the Chega building. They pushed him inside. They kept him in a basement, uh, the prison, Chega prison in uh, Tabriz for three days. And then uh, they took him to uh, Yerevan, and he was incarcerated there, uh, solitary uh, com confinement for 16 months with interrogations, every day going on interrogations. And uh, then later on, uh, the verdict was uh, 10 years of uh, uh, labor, in, Soviet, in uh, uh, Siberia, so they shipped him to Siberia, to exile in Siberia. We know all this because he, was, he returned 
uh, to uh, Iran uh, in 1954. After Stalin's death, there was a general amnesty. And uh, along with uh, Iranian, other Iranian prisoners, uh, he was uh, returned to the Persian government. For a long, long time, my father wasn't able to face his experience uh, and write it down. We encouraged him all the time to write his memoirs because he had a very unique experience. But he wasn't able to face his experience. It was too close to him. Uh, and when he started writing, he didn't have the time to finish it. Uh, he passed away and the unfinished uh, memoirs, I began write, uh, reading the memoirs and I felt that it should be, even in this form, it should be published. It was finally published in 1991. Uh, and I think that I left that for 20 years. I thought that I had done my duty. I have published my father's book, my father's unfinished uh, memoirs. But something bothered me all the time. I was so much involved in my academic uh, uh, activities, my work, my publications, that I didn't even have time to think about uh, what else I can do about this, this memoirs. Uh, one day in 1915, uh, 2015, the centennial of the Armenian Genocide, uh, when my last book was published, we were sitting down with uh, my uh, younger sons, Oshin's family, and celebrating the publication of my last book. Uh, when my uh, son began, started with a comment that was, that came very surprising to me. He said, mom, you have been writing about other stories. You have been writing the genocide survivor stories for the world to know about it. You have dedicated to, uh, for your life for, to teach the genocide to uh, uh, to contribute to the recognition of the, the Armenian genocide. What about your story? When are you going to write your story? Well, I assumed that by my story, he, he actually pointed out to my father's story. And I felt that actually it was time. It was time for me to think about writing my father's story, which meant completing his experience in Siberia because the finished, the un, unfinished uh, 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 memoirs goes as far as his, uh, uh, because his verdict was uh, uh, sent from Moscow, 10 years of uh, 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 hard labor in Siberia. And before that, that he was incarcerated 16 months uh, in uh, Yerevan. So, uh, he got to write about all his experience until they shipped him to Krasnoyarsk, which was a, a, a station from where all the prisoners in groups were sent to different places in Siberia. So I had to know about this. And this was my motivation, how I started. 
It was a long journey. I knew it was going to be very difficult for me to, uh, uh, to search in the dark to augment the, what I had heard from my mother, fa uh, father about his experience to complete his story. Very well. Uh, you mentioned your father's unfinished memoir, which was published in Armenian in uh, uh, 1991. Um, what was the reason you chose to write this book in English and to include the um, unfinished memoir in translation in your book? Uh, I wrote it in English because, first of all, I wanted to reach the new generation growing up in diaspora, uh, new generation Armenians, uh, who were not very fluent in Armenian, uh, were not able to read Armenian books uh, very fluently, and uh, knew very, very little about the, this kind of history, the history of uh, Stalinist repression and that period of history in Armenia. Uh, my set, second motivation to write in, uh, in English was that we Armenians, at least we know about it, about what went on in Armenia during the Stalinist uh, uh, terror regime. But uh, the world doesn't know about it. The world knows about because of Solzhenitsyn, because of uh, and, uh, Applebaum and others who wrote about this. They know about what, what happened uh, in, uh, in Stalinist gulags. Somehow, some idea they have. But they don't have any idea what happened in Armenia, in that small republic, how the, uh, that uh, cream of the crop the uh, individuals that were in the leadership of the Communist Party, the uh, uh, intellectuals, writers, poets, how they were all beheaded uh, and uh, Armenia was left uh, leaderless, without leaders. How, uh, what happened, what terror went on in Armenia. So that was my second motive to write about uh, in English for the world to know. And then I was so sure that Armenia, in Armenia, they know about this event. They know what had happened. They were victims of the Stalinist regime. In that case, I was kind of mistaken because my experience after when I was uh, promoting my book in English uh, with uh, Armenian audiences in Armenia, I found out that they know nothing and especially the new generation knows nothing about this uh, Stalinist regime. They, they were in the dark. The, even those who were victims, families who were direct victims of the Soviet regime, uh, uh, were afraid to talk. And uh, the family's story was not transmitted properly. So they encouraged me. They said, you have to write this in, in, in Armenian. Uh, uh, and uh, as I tell you later on, I, I started doing that. We'll get to the Armenian um, translation or version of the book uh, later in this interview. Um, in the meantime, you mentioned Solzhenitsyn, and of course many of us are, are familiar with his descriptions of the Gulag, a, you know, a day in the life of Ivan Denisovich and others. Um, how is your, the story of your father different from 
Solzhenitsyn's stories, and but more importantly, the memoirs others left behind of Stalinist repression. Yes, that's very important because uh, uh, I try to uh, to mention the uh, in my uh, when I'm promoting the book the uniqueness, the unique uh, characteristic of this uh, book about my father. First of all, uh, uh, he was kidnapped outside Soviet Union. Uh, um, Azerbaijan, Iranian Azerbaijan was not a part of Soviet Union, and he was kidnapped outside the Azerbaijan. The bloody arm of uh, the Soviet Cheka had reached that part of the world also. Uh, and it was in secrecy. Nobody knew what had happened. We know about all this story because he, was, he returned. Uh, to uh, to Iran, uh, and we know about all this. Uh, he was he was uh, his uh, uh, kidnapping and his incarceration was total in total denial. Nobody, I mean, the Soviet uh, uh, regime, the Soviet Cheka, uh, denied ever uh, knowing my father uh, and the event, and our uh, inquiry the families and the police inquiry uh, had no result, bared no results. Uh, and the unique, another uniqueness about my father is that my father's story that he was a non-citizen, a, a non-Soviet citizen, unfamiliar with the atmosphere, unfamiliar with the culture, the type of punishment, the, uh, the system that was going on, and he was faced to adjust. He had to adjust to all this, uh, and it's a quite a unique experience for him, and for the story to tell about him. Uh, and another uniqueness uh, is that uh, with my contribution, this whole thing, my father's story, was put into a context. I'm not only telling the story of my father, but the story of that historical period, uh, as I uh, researched a lot, and uh, I did a lot of reading to uh, provide the context, the background for this, for my father's story uh, to occur, to unfold. In the book, you mention some of the difficulties that your father had when he, he was returned to Iran, his reintegration into society. Can you t tell us a bit about that? Yeah, that was actually one of the uniqueness of the... Uh, because most of the uh, memoirs begin with the uh, incarceration of the subject uh, and his life in Siberia. And then somehow he is, uh, uh, he is released and he comes back and the memoir ends there. My, father, my father's memoir and my contribution also comes into play in this, that I have tried to uh, also present the difficulties that my father had uh, uh, as, a, as a person in the leadership as a person who was uh, uh, teaching uh, chemistry because he was a chemistry doctor of chemistry uh, from uh, uh, graduated from uh, the University of Czechoslovakia, uh, Prague, 
uh, and he was teaching in uh, in uh, schools, in Persian schools, uh, to establish, re-establish himself in terms of economy, in terms of uh, social status, and psychologically, and most importantly, psychologically, how he was able to to establish himself uh, within our even our uh, family as people who had been away from each other for 10 years. What were some of the difficulties you encountered along the way as you were writing the book? Uh, first of all, uh, again, as I said, I wanted to put this into context. So I had to do a lot of reading. It wasn't just a story and what I remembered of my father that uh, I'm presenting in this book. It is the story of that period. Uh, and I tried to find memoirs that have some parallel in their experience in, uh, uh, with my father, uh, or even uh, people that have been exiled to Norilsk, which is the northern, most northern part of Siberia. And uh, uh, as I was reading about it, it is one of the harshest climates. It is one of the places that uh, is just unbearable to live there. So I had to find this, uh, these memoirs, uh, the memoirs of Armenian writers uh, like, uh, uh, like uh, Armenak Manukyan, like uh, Gurgen Mahari, Vahram Alazan, Suren uh, Hovanisyan, Walter Aramyan, uh, Suren Ghazaryan, and also non-Armenians like uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, which was a great help to me to understand the system of the punishments uh, that were exerted on on, the, on these prisoners. Uh, and I also uh, read about analysis of the system, like an apple bomb was a great help to me, and also uh, David Hosfeld and Leo Cooper and all that. So this was the first difficulty. And then uh, I had to find some document. I had to document my, uh, the, uh, the incarceration, the interrogation, the, uh, uh, the exile, and the verdict. Uh, so the first place that I uh, uh, went to was the archives, the National Archives of Yerevan. I couldn't find anything. Then they directed me to KGB. Uh, and it was kind of, I was reluctant at the beginning uh, because they said that uh, they have all the archives of uh, Armenian people who have been, uh, uh, who have been exiled, incarcerated, uh, persecuted uh, during 1937, 38. But my father was a different event, my father's incarceration, so it must be in a KGB. So very reluctantly, I went to the KGB uh, building in Yerevan on Nalbadyan Street, uh, and I presented my inquiry, not hoping that I will get any response. In a week, I got the response, a very short um, letter saying things that I already knew about my father, and a couple of dates when he was uh, incarcerated, when he was sent to uh, Siberia, uh, uh, and when he was exonerated and returned. 
so I thought, well, it shows that they have a lot and they don't want to share it with me. I didn't lose hope. I pursued the, uh, my inquiry. And after a year, it took me a year, about a year later, through my contacts, I received a big package of uh, uh, what was kept of my father, which of course, I'm not sure that this is the whole thing. Although they said that this is the whole thing. The only thing is that we have not included uh, uh, who gave the name of your father uh, to be incarcerated, to be, uh, to be kidnapped, to be uh, exiled which is not important for me. I know what, what was going on in that time in, uh, in, uh, uh, in uh, Tabriz, the events in Tabriz I'm familiar with, reading my, my own father's uh, uh, unfinished uh, memoirs. The other thing that was, uh, while writing this book, was very difficult for me is to achieve a balance between personal and collective. I don't, uh, uh, I was writing my own story with my father, how I perceived him, how I perceived this whole event and his return, how he was able to, uh, uh, to reestablish himself in our family. And all that uh, involved some personal uh, uh, perspectives that I sometimes I was thinking, should I share this with my readers or not? And then give the collective, put it in the context, as I said, not only the uh, story of my father, but the story of that whole uh, area, the uh, Tabriz events and the, uh, and the events that went on later on uh, in Armenia. Uh, the same, I mean, the incarcerations, the persecutions, the Stalinist terror that went on. I think I have achieved that uh, parallel, uh, the, that uh, uh, imbalance, the balance between the collective and the, uh, and the personal, as uh, Professor Richard Hovanesian commented on that, saying that this is a good balance between the two. And I agree with uh, Professor Hovanesian on that. Now, what were some of the surprising and noteworthy aspects of the research you carried out? You named a number of memoirs that you read. You mentioned Solzhenitsyn. What were some of the most surprising discoveries you made in your research? I would think that surprising is the fate that the communist leaders in Armenia had towards the communist ideology. Even when they were punished in uh, Yerevan prison, uh, even, even when uh, they were punished and uh, uh, they were put into uh, hard labor in Siberia, they didn't lose faith. They thought that they were victims of the victory of communist party. And they thought the second thing that was very surprising was that they thought Stalin doesn't know about it. Although it shows, the, my research shows very well that Stalin was beyond, behind all this uh, system of punishment, the Gulag system and what was went on day by day. But they thought that if Stalin knew about their 
punishment about the uh, about the injustice that went on in these gulags. He wouldn't let this happen, and they would just let them go because they were innocent. They were uh, uh, serving the Communist Party as dedicated as they could. One last question. Earlier, we briefly mentioned an Armenian version uh, of this book. So are you thinking of translating the book into Armenian? And if yes, what is the status of that translation? Uh-huh. Uh, yes, from uh, after I promoted the book uh, in Armenia and uh, came uh, across people that really asked me to uh, to write this in Armenian, I started writing it. But it wasn't, I thought it was a very easy job for me, just translate the book. But while I was writing it in Armenian, I uh, realized that I'm going beyond the English version. Uh, in some cases, uh, in some cases, uh, I was just adding things that uh, I uh, realized later on, or uh, uh, bringing in more Armenian uh, uh, quotations from Armenian memoirs. So this is going. This is this was another version, uh, something new that uh, uh, the uh, beyond the uh, English version, English version of the uh, my father's book. And uh, as you ask about the status, I finished the manuscript, and I took it with me to Armenia. I approached. Uh, the Institute of Archaeology and Ethnography of the Academy of Sciences of uh, the Republic of Armenia. Uh, And since lately, they have begun their investigation about the victims of Stalin's terror, and they have uh, publications on that, which publications that really helped me go through uh, the memoirs of those uh, whose uh, uh, descendants are speaking about their uh, the, the the memoirs of their father or their uh, uh, their grandfather. Uh, so they they had this series of publications. They read my manuscript and they accepted it. They said it falls very well into that series of our publication. And even one of the researchers, one of the faculty members, Gaiane Shagoyan, said that she was willing to write the the foreword for for this book. So she wrote it. Uh, I have added this to my manuscript and sent it to Armenia. And I'm hoping that this will be published very soon when I go back to Armenia again until the end of this year. And we look forward to the publication of that book. And on that note, thank you once again, Dr. Peromian, and thank you everyone for listening to the Society for Armenian Studies podcast.